You are listening to the 10-Minute Entrepreneur Podcast with host Sean Castrina. I'm excited about today's podcast. I have author Antonio Garrido with me here today. He's the author of My Daily Leadership. Antonio, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me, Sean. I'm a big fan. I'm excited. Thank you very much. Well, you've written a few books, but this one's on leadership. What made you write a book on leadership? Um, I guess because I'd worked for uh, more by look than design, Sean, I have to say. I I found myself working for some of the, I I would genuinely say world-class leaders. So I worked for some world-class leaders, learned a lot, helped other leaders move on the road to world-class leadership. And um, uh, so many people told me I ought to write a book about it. So eventually I did. That sounds very egotistical, but that's kind of what happened. There's nothing wrong with that. What do you what do you find? Let, let's we're going to I'm going to kind of pick your brain and we're going to go through leadership, yeah. leadership under the age of 25, a lot of entrepreneurs and we're going to work our way all the way up. But, you know, they're under yeah. the age of 25. They came up with a good idea. They took the you know, the they're ambitious. They got something off the ground. But what do you typically right. find as their leadership weakness? So. First to say, and you're right, so many entrepreneurs, you know, solopreneurs, so, so many young, dynamic and exciting uh, ideas, young leaders start organizations. And you know, and I know, Sean, that many of them don't survive, right? Some do, and some don't. Uh, if you would ask the accountants, they would say, well, they didn't survive through lack of cash, right? Because they say it's never profitable, it's cash. And you ask the sales guys, and they're going to go because there wasn't enough sales the, both of those things are true you're going to ask the marketing guys they're going to say not enough as invested in marketing right which may also be true but at the end of the day sean you have to have good leadership if you have good leadership all of those other things kind of kind of figure themselves out but here's the good news leadership is a skill it's like any other skill that can be taught that can be learned right it's not Some people are just born with leadership kind of stamped on their DNA and some aren't and some lucky ones do well and the unlucky ones don't. Um, We've all seen, I think, we've seen incredibly quote unquote successful people, right, in leadership positions. And we think, yeah, it makes perfect sense how they got there. And then we see some other people in leadership positions and think, God, how on earth did that happen? (laughs) Right, And And they got there through through other means, and it's something to do with their performance, but also image and exposure. But coming back to your question, um, how do leaders, how do youngsters, how do young leaders grow a successful and powerful business? Well, um, first of all, they have to recognize that having a great product or a great service or a great idea is in and of itself not enough, right? They have to the most amazing products can, in the same way that we've seen great leaders, we've seen poor leaders, the most amazing products can do, can crash and, and burn. And pretty average products can do uh, terribly well if they're led properly. So it's got nothing to do with the products and service. I will say this, though, that there are lots of people that, you know, when people come to them and say, hey, I've got a great idea for a company. Here's my idea. And they explain the idea. And then some people say, well, is there a gap in the market for that particular product and service? Which I think is an okay question. A much better question is, is there a market in that gap? And if you believe that there is a market in that gap, right, for your product and service, whatever it is, 
Uh, and, and largely, people are right when they think that, although we've all seen Shark Tank and think that'll never work, right? So, but if there is a good product and service and the leader is very intentional about growing themselves and their people, and then by default their business, then things tend to do pretty well. If they just rely on the product or the service or marketing or sales, then, then they're in trouble. Why? Because a leader can only do so much. There are only so many hours in the day. And so they can't do everything themselves. Everybody knows that a team of people will achieve a lot more than just a group of individuals. So what's the leader's job? Well, the, the leader's job of a young startup is to as quickly as possible surround themselves with really, 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 really smart people. So many leaders bemoan the fact to us that they're in a room and they're the smartest person in the room. If you find yourself as the leader that you are the smartest person in the room, then you've got the wrong people in the room and you're the wrong leader and that's your fault, right? So how do you find talent? How do you onboard talent? How do you train talent? And I think for, for young startups, I think look for people who are willing. If they're willing enough, then you can you can make them able. So it's kind of hire for attitude, train for skill, right? So if you get enough passionate people around you who will who love the product, the service as much as you did, and who are willing to collaborate, collaborate like crazy. If you ever read uh, or heard about the guy that saved Lego. That was all about collaboration. If you can make collaborative teams and continue that through the whole of your leadership career, if you can make collaborative teams, you have the cash to ride the, you know, those those, those early days. You're interested in developing yourself and developing your people and then your business. So in that order, not the other way around, uh, then you probably do okay. Yeah, no, I, I find among, you know, leadership when, I, when I'm hiring and you know, we're kind of like looking back, I look for two things immediately. You know, if I can get these two things and I'll kind of build off of there. Number one is I always say you, you, you can't fix stupid. You can't. Yeah. I can't do anything with you if you're dumb. You, you just you don't pick up things quickly. And I always say you can have people that just open the doors for you. All of us, there, there are certain entry level positions that are designed for anybody can do it. If they can breathe, they can do it. But putting that person aside, give me somebody who's smart. Smart people will do two people's jobs. They, they just do. Yeah. They're, they're like a Pac-Man. They're, they're always looking for something else because they're, they're, they're quick. They pick things up. And energy. When you have a person with energy and smart, then you just, you, as a leader, you just got to guide them down the right tracks. But we if talk, they don't have that, then, then you got, then you got problems. <laughs> Yeah, and we talk about that a lot in the book. We, we call that action bias, which is the, you know, the preponderance to actually... So many people wait until the plan is perfect and the circumstances are perfect and the environment is perfect. And no, just be like the pilot of, a, of, a, of an airplane. You know you're at JFK and you want to fly to London Heathrow. You just don't go on a bearing of 173 and nine and a half hours land, later land, and hope you're in London Heathrow because you absolutely will not be. So it's about... Or every pilot knows that they have an intention, they have a bearing, they have a destination, but they're going to have to course correct a million times along the way. So make an imperfect start, start and course correct along the way. But here's, uh, so I, I agree with everything you said, but I'll just give you this, your audience, this uh, salutary warning. 
you know, I, I've I've been taught. So many leaders have said to us, okay, that yeah, we hired that guy, but he didn't work out. And then we hired this other guy, and they didn't work out. And that guy was stupid, so he didn't work out. And this guy, well, you know, he looked good, but he was no good. And we go, hold on, hold the phone. It's a pattern. <laughs> like, there. <laughs> There's a pattern. Yeah, because every firing is a failure, right? Who hired all of these people? Exactly. Right? So what you have to do at every level, you hire and fire and promote consistent with your core values. So the first thing you have to do as a leader is not only your products and services, 100%, but you've got to absolutely define super clearly what your core values are, your 10 or 11 core values of the organization and how you're going to run the business and how you're going to service customers and what your kind of organizational and strategic North Star is, right? And when you hire people to that and you develop people along the way, then you never go wrong. It's like those people, you know, my mom and dad, how many weddings have you been to? Uh, Sean, where they're all over each other, right? Then you see them at the front of the church and you think, God, that'd be, they'll, they'll, they'll be married forever, right? And then you kind of, I always like, give it a year. I give it a year, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you get later the divorce. And then you see some other people, like my mom and dad, who they might argue all the time. There might be friction all of the time, but they've been married for like 60 years. Why? Because they share the same core values. And when you don't share the same core values, it ends in divorce which is the same in in business, right? If you employ people just because they're convenient, because they're cheap, because they're here right in front of you, because you're tired of looking, because you've got other fish to fry, right? If you hire for any of those reasons of expediency and you're not concentrating on willing, enable, and core values, then it's going to end in a nasty divorce, right? It's just going to end up dreadful, you know? So core values are also critical, I think, with the people that you're hiring at every level, every single level. No, I, I completely agree. You got to be on the same page. So tell me, give me a couple of things in my daily leadership that my audience can walk away with today. We've shared a few things, but give them, some, give me some core things that like, you know, whenever we have talks and we do different things, we always have a few things that there are, it's always going to come out of us when we're, when we're teaching, what are a few leadership lessons that you can give my audience? Okay. And it kind of, it's a continuation of what we've been talking about. So if that was designed, well done. Um, and I'll tell you a story <laughs> I first, uh, well, maybe 20, 25 years ago, uh, group chairman called me into his office. And, and if your audience would please, please, please do this exercise. It's the most powerful, valuable, useful exercise. So, so please do this, right? Because everybody's listening. So I was called into his office and sat down. I'd only been in the job for two days. And uh, I thought, crikey, they found me out already in <laughs> they're gonna tell me that the my services are no <laughs> no longer required. Very very large organization that I was uh, heading up, and he said to me, "Hey, have you ever worked for a dreadful boss?" I said, "Yeah, I, yeah, I think I have." Yeah, he said, "Great." He said, "Would you write down what the characteristics, what the attributes are of a terrible boss, a terrible manager, a terrible leader?" So I thought, strange example, a strange exercise rather. So I wrote down a few things. And I probably wrote, Sean, you can imagine, somebody that micromanages, someone that's inconsistent, somebody that plays favorites, somebody that's bad at having difficult conversations, someone that isn't interested in developing themselves and their people, right? You can imagine what dreadful looks like in terms of leadership for a boss. So I gave them this back to him and he said, just write a few more. So then I wrote a few more things about what does dreadful leadership mean to me? And I'm genuinely asking your people 
to do that same exercise. And then I gave it back to him and he said, just two more, three more. So I wrote another three things. And then we had a list of maybe a dozen or so characteristics of what dreadful leadership looks like. Because we all know what dreadful looks like, Sean, right? So then he said, great, that's a really, really good list. He said, will you do me a favor whilst ever you're the CEO around here? I said, yeah, what, what do you need? He said, could you promise me that whilst ever you're leading this company, you never do any of the things on that list, right? And I said, yeah, okay. He said, and keep that list with you at all times so that uh, if ever I see you in the canteen or passing in the corridor, we'll have a conversation about it. And, and so if all of your audience will do that exercise, it'll take them five minutes and then keep that with them at all time. And every day, at the end of every day, we need a bit of self-reflection. Why? Because we've got to grow our self-awareness. Why? Because no one will tell you you have an ugly baby or you're doing something wrong, right? And so then you won't grow emotional intelligence. And that's the key attribute to uh, leadership, right? So every day, I'd like everybody that's listening, at the end of every day, just to give themselves, look at that list and give themselves like a scorecard, like a leadership scorecard. How did I do today? Was it A plus or was it an A or an A minus or a B plus or a B, right? So give yourself a good, honest score, report card for the day. Let's imagine that your audience aren't that egotistical that they think that every single thing they do is absolutely gorgeous and divine, right? Which means that there'll be some gaps. So if you say, well, probably today I was a B plus, well, that kind of behooves us to ask, well, what could we have done more of? What shouldn't we have said? What might we have said? What could we have possibly done to make that a better outcome, right? And once we do that in, in some kind of frequency, and I'm only talking about two or three weeks, I'm not talking about two or three years. Once, once we do that, and that's called reflective practice, we're looking back in the mirror, hindsight, what's my report card look like for today? Wherever there were gaps, just say, well, what could or should I have done or what should I not have done or said, right? What then happens quite soon, Sean, is that reflective practice starts to become very embedded very, very quickly within a couple of weeks. So then what will happen is somebody then will ask you a question or you'll be faced with a problem or a challenge. And in the moment, situationally, you will start to say to yourself, what would future Antonio, four hours hence, thank me for when I grade myself later on today? How would I answer that in a way that I'm going to be proud of in four hours, right? And what that does is it means that situationally, you improve. So that, that, that hindsight looking backwards leads to situational insight. What that then does, you do that with enough density, only another couple of weeks, you then start getting foresight. When you get foresight, you can start to avoid, I've just, I've just been reading, um, uh, turn the ship around. I can't remember who wrote it, wrote it. You know, the, the naval officer that yeah. turned the submarine around. And one of the questions he asked, oh, his name will come to me and say, it's gonna drive me crazy, is what's better, a little rudder a long way from the rocks or a lot of rudder right on top of the rocks, right? So that foresight allows you to kind of make, you know, um, sensible decisions early on. So that hindsight leads to insight, which leads to foresight and then resight. So I'm going to ask all of your people to start every evening 
just do an evening evaluation. How did I do today? Just two minutes. You brush your teeth for two minutes every day. Think about this for two minutes every day. And every morning then, set an intention for the day. What am I, what's the one thing that I cannot go to bed without having done tonight? What's the one thing that future me will be happy for? What's the one thing I'm grateful for? All of that kind of stuff. You can find all of these guides and templates on our website. So that's all free and easy to get your hands on. Well, then just do it. Just start doing it, being intentional about the leader you want to be. I love it. I have Antonio Garrido with me here today. He is the author of My Daily Leadership. Antonio, how can they connect with you? Uh, your website you just mentioned, give them some direction. Well, yeah, pretty easy. So the book is called My Daily Leadership, and so is the website. So all the W's, mydailyleadership.com. Loads of free templates and stuff on there. But email me, genuinely email me mention Sean, right? And so someone will get it to me within 24, 36 hours. And it's just Antonio at, so A-N-T-O-N-I-O, Antonio at mydailyleadership.com. If you've got any questions, this is all we do, right? Help people out. So if you have any questions, send me an email and I promise I'll get back to you. I appreciate it audience hopefully you learned something here today i like that exercise of, of if you're you know being interviewed sharing all the things that you would dislike in a leader and and then you start marking them down and then you kind of decide you know i don't want to end up that way i'm going to improve these are the things that i find that that you know bad leaders do so it, it's a, very easy to kind of evaluate yourself each and every day when you're when you understand hey i just said this are not good qualities to have so i think that's a great exercise i want to thank you so much for listening to podcasts the number one entrepreneurship podcast top 10 business podcast on any given day so thank you for listening it's brought to you by gig strategic the best digital marketing company for small businesses they're incredible i work with them you work with an individual like i said they just do a great job gigstrategic.com thank you for listening we'll talk again soon Thanks, Sean. See All right, soon. Antonio, I appreciate it. We'll let you know when it's airing. We're about six weeks out on everything. Perfect. Let us know. We'll we'll give it some juice to it. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. Thank you.